greetings, it is I, the Count, and it's time to answer that fascinating question, what is the Sesame Street number of the day? Ah, uh, ah, uh, let's count the bats and find out. Ah, that's one, one bat. Two, two bats. Three, three fabulous flyers. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Okay, so with that, hi and welcome to After the Hype. With me as always, Brian and John. Hi there, how you doing? Uh, today we are joined by Almost Always Ryan. Hello. And Chris from last week. What's going on, folks? Uh, Almost Always Chewy backed out at the very last second. Thanks a lot. Turns out getting married gets you nowhere. This is why she's almost always. Mm-hmm. Chewy, we're very disappointed in you. Yeah. <laughs> Something is missing. I call it heart personally. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to continue <laughs> uh, with our month of universal horror films. Uh, today's talk is of the classic Dracula. Dracula? Dracula. Dr. Yeah, Dracula. Yeah, yeah, we're going to pronounce it right. Dracula. 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 Before we get into that rabbit hole, though, we will start with a short Where Have You Been Doing? Where Have You Been Doing? <laughs> Uh, are, are we trying to do our Schwarzenegger or Keanu Reeves? Is, yeah. like, it's in, Keanu Reeves doing Schwarzenegger who's playing Dracula. I'm actually a really brilliant voice actor. <laughs> um, Thanks right. for the laugh. <laughs> All right, I'll go first. Uh, so last night I was going to go see The Walk in IMAX. And then my wife got too busy to leave. So we stayed at home and we rented The Final Girls. Oh, nice. The uh, very oh, recent yeah, horror that, yeah. comedy thing that just came out. I don't remember who made it. it seems like a first-time director. Stars Malin Ackerman, Thomas Hiddlechurch. I think that Middlechurch from um, Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was surprisingly decent. You can tell whoever made it. Is, it I'm not sure if it was a first-time maker or something like that, but it kind of felt like it had some first-timey like, kinks to iron mm-hmm. out. Like They kind of went a little too serious at times. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, okay. And they, they kind of... They didn't really cash in on the the slasher violence like I felt like they could have. Like it could have been way more like comedically violent, and they just didn't go that route at all. Mm-hmm. It's like you guys realize you can go over the top. Yeah, and it felt like this movie needs to go over the top. Well, there's parts where they they nail it, and it's like way over the top, and it's crazy, and it's ridiculous, and it's fun. And then there's other parts where it's just like it's really kind of muted for some reason. And it felt yeah. almost like it was censored. I don't know how else to describe it, but it just felt like it was. It felt like it was pulling punches a lot, which was have, kind of weird. It may have been, unfortunately. Yeah, it, yeah, it might have been. Sounds but like it, they ran out of money and they had a special funder that. That could have been. I mean, could there, there could have been a million reasons why yeah. it just didn't work out the way that it it could have. But I mean, for the for the long and the short of it, though, I mean, it's obviously like at the end of the movie they do like their um like their blooper reel, so it's obviously a lot of improv and that sort of stuff because I have a lot of really good improv people, so it's really funny. It was uh, the guy from I never know his name, but the guy from uh, Workaholics. He's mm. fantastic in it. Like it's a really, it's a really funny movie that I'm kind of glad I didn't see in theaters. It's a really great one to watch at home. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, all right, that's it for me though. Uh, I'll go next. I recently uh, bought, downloaded, played, and beat the uh, Trespasser DLC for uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. Keep those spoilers right. to yourself. Uh, I will not mention anything spoiler spoiler <laughs> because that's a good way to say it. Keep the spoilers to <laughs> yourself. There are, but there. I mean, I can really only say I played it because there are a lot of things that happen. That I can't talk about if you haven't played it, but I want you guys to play it so I can actually talk about it because I have no one to talk about with it. <laughs> and Reddit is bad at talking to about it because they get too deep into it. Yeah. They're like the fan is like who goes too far down a fan theory. And then I'm like, I just want to talk about how I enjoyed the choices I made and the choices that made me really sad that I should have realized. You know, like things like that. But really fun and it wraps up the story in a great way and gives you kind of a, a look to what's to come, which is just as exciting. But yeah, so I recommend it. Very good. Very good wrap-up to the game. 
I'll go next. Talk about something we'll never do an episode on, but I talk about all the time. Uh, so this week, Porn. or last week, marked the official launch of the new fall Marvel comic line. Mm, okay. uh, all new, all different. Pumpkin spiced? Exactly the same Avengers. Uh, it's what it came out. Secret Wars 6 came out, uh, which is finally coming together. It, I think it's supposed to be done by now, but they added an issue or two, and they are pushing them like crazy. So we may not see the wrap-up of Secret Wars until next year. Jesus. However... I want to read it. I'm just waiting for it to end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, the books look really nice. The artwork is great. Jonathan Hickman is great. And I, I don't know how they decide which ones to do it with, but Marvel gives extra care to some books and gives them nice, thick uh, covers and just makes them look way better. Prints them on nicer paper, basically. Also, this week launched uh, The Invincible Iron Man, which I guess is is their flagship uh, series for the fall because they gave it nice paper. It's like okay. Design. It's Brian Bendis doing Iron Man. The front page, or you know, a couple pages, and it actually does a really nice rundown of Tony Stark's thought of his new design, too. He yeah. can, he's kind of like, okay... You guys, we're going to stop doing this shit that scares people like the suit is coming out of my molecules, but yeah. here's a suit that's real and I can control it with my mind still. Uh, and it's like, you know, it's not exactly a reboot. They're keeping continuity. I don't know why they're starting with the number one all over again. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man came out again, too, which they're taking a totally different direction with it. Uh, it's like all, all global Spider-Man now. He's basically Batman, Iron Man. Uh, and he actually, they poke fun of it. They're like, are you a poor man's Tony Stark now? He's like, no, no, I'm a totally different character. I'm Spider-Man now. So, so wait a second. <laughs> Bab, uh, I mean, Spider-Man is franchising his um, spider Yep. He's Dude. got, he actually has another costume with Prowler in it they, in New York City, and he's in Tokyo. They took that from DC Comics. The, Batman did the same thing two years ago. Oh. Batman Incorporated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, on the other end of the spectrum, um, I recently rewatched Malcolm X and JFK. That's yes. That's, that's a very, much darker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, I'm not sure if it's the same spectrum even. Well, they came out in the '60s, the same time as Spider-Man, so I guess you could consider that. But um, yeah, very interesting, uh, rather intense films mm-hmm. and everything. Um, if you're an edit, if you're an editor, I highly recommend you watch JFK because that movie is a beast. Actually, they're both kind of beasts because they're both <laughs> over three and a half hours long. Oh, Malcolm X, man. That's, I think that was the first movie I remember renting as a kid that had a. Uh, two VHSs in it. I just remember like the um, <laughs> the marketing for that movie, which is kind of like minimalist but brilliant. Like yeah. where you would just walk into a theater and you would see a poster and it would just be X. Yeah. And you know this is before like the um, all the superhero movies came out, so it was like okay, so it's it's, it's not X Men. What is it? Yeah. And anyway, so yeah, I mean other than that, it's actually been a fairly uh, quiet week for me until Battlefront came out. Until, until Battlefront came out, which then I've it's basically my new <laughs> cocaine. All right, so now that I guess we did that, I guess I should start getting ready. Yeah, you should. Uh, you should start getting ready. Yeah, Chris is Chris is preparing <laughs> to give the uh, the the rundown of the episode, and uh, for those of you it's who, so empowering who who listen but don't watch, make sure you check out our Facebook page because John has been filming all of the rundowns and puts up a video. You don't want to miss this one. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. So for those of you who uh, can't see, the reason why we're talking about this is that... No, 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 don't, don't spoil it. Oh, okay. No spoilers. No spoilers. You'll have to watch the video. Um, but before we make him do this, I'll, I'll run through the numbers because it's actually available on uh, this movie. So the movie that we're doing today um, 
is actually going to be Bram Stoker's Dracula. We're going to talk a little bit about the one that actually won the voting in the last episode um, after we get done with all this stuff. Yes, but we had a public is... outcry on yeah. Facebook for this one. <laughs> yeah, people exploded, Thanks a lot. Much exploded all over this movie. Um, exploded everywhere. Oh. So this movie cost uh, <laughs> this movie cost forty million ish. You never know with box office mojo. Every for uh, every penny is on the screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and absolutely, yeah. They they spent their money on this fucker, uh, and it made eighty two million stateside. Made another hundred and thirty three uh, across the seas. So it brought it to two fifteen. Very successful. Very R rated movie. Very uh, R rated. Oh, oh yeah, we're gonna get into how R rated this film is. Yeah, which I kind of I like it when a very R rated film can you know earn its money back. Yeah. Uh, so, in the review today, uh, it's going to be short and sweet, so we'll get straight into the breakdown. Uh, the review today comes from Metacritic. It's David M. Uh, remember, Metacritic reviews are out of 10. Uh, the worst film I've ever seen. Read the book. It was much better. One out of 10. <laughs> That's literally what he said? He only yeah. gave it one out of 10? Yeah. Wow. I mean, uh, like... amazing. Oh, wow. We're good. I... Oh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Forty people found this review helpful. <laughs> yeah. Zero out of one. <laughs> okay, so with that, we'll move into the breakout. Breakout. Wow. <laughs> we'll move into the breakout. I might be breaking out after wearing this for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so the breakdown for today, uh, we're gonna stick it. to the. It's not mine. Uh, so we're gonna stick to the thirty second format until I get tired of it. Uh, and as of right now, I'm not tired of it. So here we go. Thirty seconds. You ready? All right, let's do this. Bram Stoker's Dracula is based on the uh, classic novel by Bram Stoker and stars Gary Oldman as the titular character, featuring him in an award-winning role as he tries to actually not award-winning, but he tries to come over to London to try to suck everyone's blood. And by suck, I mean fuck every woman he could possibly find, because let's face it, that's all he does in his picture. Along the way, he also finds Winona Ryder and realizes she's a reincarnation of his previous love, and Keanu Reeves and a bunch of his friends get really pissed off about it and decide to try to kill him. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the end. I, w- I stopped listening because I was counting down with my hands. And <laughs> I realized you'd stop talking. Yeah, not much else happened. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, I do apologize for my crude uh, description of it. But believe me when I say this, it's kind of accurate in this picture. Yeah, I Very really, accurate. Yeah, no yeah. one will blame you for that description. Yeah, I mean, this one, on. you didn't do as good this week as you did last week. Oh, this yeah, one you yeah, well, that one, that one I was just ready to go yeah. on. This, yeah. Yeah. this one, this one I want because Ryan told me the other person was going to do it. And when I found this. Yeah, <laughs> everybody was like, "Oh no, he's got to do it this yeah, go around." Yeah. You're, you're stuck. Okay, so oh, that be the case. <laughs> so really, really quick, just to talk about the winner from last week. Uh, Which we got to capture this audio. Eh, eh. Oh, think? Okay, gross. Last week, <laughs> Michael Keaton, you would uh, you earned your paycheck on that film. <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little timer on here so we don't go into this rabbit hole for too long before we actually start talking about uh, the movie of today. But I want to talk a little bit about the winner of last week because last week's winner was such a it's such a weird little movie. So last week when we did this episode, we talked about we voted and we uh, we decided to talk about Ava Costello meet Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Bold Which, choice, bold choice. It's a very bold choice, but it it is definitely more about Dracula than it is about Frankenstein. Uh, well, I think the reason why we were going for it and stuff, and like I completely understand why we decided to go with Bram Stoker's Dracula. And well, the Facebook it. voters got us there. Damn best. No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> and we lose all our fans. No. <laughs> and, we, and we love all of you. Uh, <laughs> great people. Um, no, I think like well, the reason why we chose that is because it's one of like the best films that has all of the monsters in it and everything. And, yeah. You know, it also features the original Dracula, which is Bela Lugosi. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and it's hard not reasons. to mention these these monsters without mm-hmm. coming to this movie. You come to this movie eventually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you start looking like the old school horror films, this is like where it all kind of like. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. You'll know this more than anyone else at the table. This is the last time um, Bela Lugosi played Dracula. I believe it is. I believe it is the last time. I'm not too sure about that one. So if anybody that's listening on a Facebook page want to double check, it feel yeah. free to and everything. But um, also the other thing is is that it's also, in my opinion, a better movie than the original Dracula. Sure. Well. Um, Okay. Someone just died. Uh, yeah, I was about to say. I'm like, uh, someone disagrees. <laughs> someone upstairs disagrees. Just somebody, yeah. You just see this like giant clawed head just come no! up the table. Uh, but no, I just it's such a now. Chu and I watched this uh, a couple nights ago, and she'd never seen anything with Abbott Costello mm. before. Oh man! And it's just oh, like man. there's something about like their comedy that just like. It, it was kind of timeless. Like they just oh, they absolutely. crack me up. Yeah. No, and I mean like the film is also it has it strikes the perfect balance between comedy and horror. Yeah. I mean like it's one of those. I mean like for our listeners out there, if you're a little trepidatious about watching this, trust me when I say this. This is a four star film. Like oh, yeah. definitely check it out at some point in time. And it's, it's longer than all the original movies too. It's like what like an hour thirty five. I want to say. Ooh, yeah. Well, stretch. I mean like if anybody like um, if. For those of you who haven't seen it, the original Dracula is very... It feels like you're watching a play at points in time. Like, it's very... Like, except for the beginning of it, which takes place at Dracula's castle, it very much feels like all of a sudden you move and you're just watching a Broadway play being filmed on it. Whereas, I've been in Costello meet Dracula, it actually has, like, a bunch of, like, interesting, like, set pieces to it. Oh, yeah. There's definitely... It's a full-blown... Like, it was more of a movie than I thought it was going to be, because I'd never Mm. really seen it before. So I'd seen, like, bits and pieces, because my dad always played fucking Abbott Costello for me, and so I know I've seen parts of it, because I recognize parts of it. Yeah. I never watched it cover to cover. And it's, like, uh, it's a surprisingly well-made film, and it's just, like, it's just a lot of fun. It has, like, really great little one-liners... Like when they're they're going back and forth about like why would a woman ever want to date you? He's like, well, look at a mirror. He's like, why would I hurt my own feelings? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, one of my favorite scenes in it is when um, Frankenstein is hunting for the mo- no, actually not Frankenstein, sorry, the monster, yeah. which is also an erotic title because Frankenstein's not in the picture, no. it's yeah. a monster. <laughs> um, but like, I love that scene where like he's trying to hunt them down, and then you see him like come out and he's cleaning a cloak and stuff, and he's like back, 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 and he, tur- <laughs> he turns around, and he goes, oh yeah, he thinks I'm Dracula, <laughs> and then like the guy just has this look at his face, like what the. <laughs> but yeah so like that's why like we very easily could have done a full episode on this movie which is more of a ringing endorsement that if you haven't seen it i highly recommend that you actually like you can rent it on fucking any format like it was on the ps4 it yeah. was on uh we watched it on itunes like you can find it anywhere and it, it, they did a really i don't remember when i remember when they just recently remastered all the Costello stuff i want to say it was probably like in the past 10 years it's a really beautiful remaster if you can find it like it, it just looks clean, crisp. The audio is great. It's just it's a really and it's, it's such a, great a fun movie. movie. It's, it's just, just a, a great movie. fun movie. Anybody can watch and have a good time with. Yeah, which I usually feel about mostly anything Abbott Costello oh, yeah. do. Like they were so fucking good. And that was all to the heyday of just like, what if we did this and this and put this together, and then we're genuine about it. Yeah, there was not there's not a sense of irony to yeah. it. It's yeah, very it's, it's very earnest, which wins respect and you know. Uh, but we only got thirty seconds left in this timer. Is there anything else we want to say about this thing, or do we just want to move into today's movie? Um, I do love the ending of it when Vincent Price shows up at the end. Is the uh, oh, I well, forgot well about actually no, I was about to say who he was, but actually you know what? For those of you who haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil, I, spoil yeah. it. You got to see the villain then to find out who he plays. It, it, it's like almost uh, some like it hot. Where of like that last line in the movie is so fucking good. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just it's a perfect ending to that picture. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then we will move into today's movie, 
which we've already done the breakdown for. And we should we should uh, uh, thank the people who are listening, yes. the fans on Facebook, for actually chiming in. Yes. yes. That was nice, because that helped decide the factor. We were kind of not sure if there would be any sort of feedback. Yeah. Because you hate to be like, all right, fan feedback, and then you get nothing but tumbleweeds. Right. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who voted. And uh, Now you've set the bar. We are, we're expecting a lot more. Yes. <laughs> Bring a friend. Bring a friend. Yeah. Um, so for today... Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by the once great Francis Ford Coppola. Um, <laughs> once great. <laughs> oh, burn. I didn't mean that to be as mean as it was. But no, yeah. no, 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 no. Unfortunately, I think, yeah. I think what you were saying is kind of accurate. Yeah. But, sure. you know, it's, it's not anything more than what he says about himself. He says he's done, and he knows it, so. Yeah. Well, this movie. Uh, they you have know, great wine. Have you had I want to get back to my wines. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like in this movie, actually, a better breakdown of this movie is that Francis Ford Coppola basically decided um, to quote this is title Spinal Tap to go up to eleven, <laughs> yeah. and then decided eleven wasn't good enough and kept cranking it up. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I think that's probably gonna be the best place to start for this thing because we, we've done a breakdown, but the general look of this movie is like nothing you've ever seen. And like, it's, it's distracting. Almost. It, it almost yeah. is. Like, it's, it's just like breathtaking. Holy shit. Like this is such just a risky movie, especially for like an R-rated film in the '90s. Like yeah. the fact that you could you couldn't make that movie today. You can't. Oh no, they wouldn't allow one to make. I mean, like for as supposedly kind of open-minded as we are today, you can't make this movie. No, the only person who's even attempting to make things of this like practical quality is Guillermo del Toro, and even mm-hmm. he's going down the CGI route nowadays. Well, no, even he does see like CGI. Okay, for those of you who don't know, um, Francis Ford Coppola. And I kind of avoided talking about this in the breakdown and stuff, but I guess we should just dive right into this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and this is in the special features of the um, of the two disc special edition and stuff that just came out that came out a couple of years ago. On sale on film. Amazon. Um, <laughs> on sale on Amazon. Please buy it. Um, didn't the Blu-ray just come out, or like the twentieth anniversary or something? Didn't this just happen? Because he just I did think, a bunch of interviews. I think, yeah, like last, well, the, like the past the, two weeks. The oh. anniversary was like twenty twelve or something like mm. that for this picture. But to give you guys an idea, he wanted this to feel like because Dracula was written right around the advent of cinema, so he wanted mm-hmm. to do this movie like it was made during that time period. And he so, nailed it. He nailed it. So what you yeah. see in that picture is probably, it might be arguably the best use of practical effects you may ever see in any picture. Yeah, I could, mm-hmm. I could see that. Like he, it is. It, it, there's very little computer effects. Like really, what it comes down to is color, matte, and, matte paintings. Up well, the yeah, yeah. I was about to say because there's certain things in that picture which you would think that he did computer wise. And like I said, special features explain this, that he did not do computer, like, that he actually did on set. Specifically, like, that giant book, the book thing and stuff yeah. that you see on the railroad, they built a giant person-sized book Jesus. to put onto mm-hmm. scale against, like, the railway tracks. So that way they could get it in camera. That's oh, amazing. Like, that's the stuff. And I mean, what's interesting about it is when you think about it, it is ingenious. And if, like, you know, we, I feel like it's almost kind of sad because... We've lost that sort of imagination, I think, with the advent of CGI and computers. Oh, absolutely. And everything. No one would ever make this again. No. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, and the thing is, like, with people who say, like, the review we read earlier, where it's the worst movie ever, it's like, it's just that it's cheesy. But cheesy does not mean it's bad. Right. Like, like you can have that level of cheese and fun and not make it a bad film. And this movie is not, like, I, I wholeheartedly disagree with people who say that it's a terrible movie because it is just not. Like, there's so much love in this movie. And it's also, absolutely. like, it. It ties into kind of the romanticism that we're just not used to. We don't we don't romanticize much of anything these days. Yeah. We've kind of lost that age. So it comes across as cheesy when it's very, very romantic horror. Well, it's also it's a very theatrical film. I think that's what people find cheesy is that like the production value, uh, costumes, set, uh, oh my God, that kind of thing are, are so over the top and well done 
that when you get the theatrical performances and Gary Oldman's incredibly over the top performance, and uh, Anthony Hopkins, and well, Anthony let's Hopkins just get this out of the way. Everyone the, way is over the top, the top yeah. in this picture. <laughs> it comes across as cheesy because of that one thing. Yeah, but you mean you, I think if we put them all together, and I just think it's people like it's not like this is going to sound super snobby. And I don't mean it to, but like the non-film people who sit down and watch this, they just might not take that. If you just take it at face value of just like watching these characters in this movie, it will come off a little bit cheesy. But when yeah. you try to put the whole package together of like the sets, the music, the, yeah. all of it, like it's so intentional. I think personally, I think it works really, really well. And I just think it's a lot of fun. It was but, like going to an art museum for me, yeah. a film art museum. And I, it's like, I, I got it. But it didn't necessarily speak to me in any way. It was kind of like I was long for the ride. I actually watched this in three parts because I kept getting up to do other stuff. I'm like, okay, I, I see what's happening on the screen. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's an, an amazingly well done. People should watch it in film school. Yeah. No, well, I mean, but like, also, yeah, but this... also, it ages well. Yep. And no, that it does. Like, like, but that's the practical to, effects. Practical to... effects age so much better oh, than absolutely. computer effects. But even down to like just the the themes and the all the, all of it together like a wine I guess you're gonna come yeah. you're gonna come back to it later and it's gonna be a different movie yeah I, I, there's things I catch even now in this more recent viewing that was like oh I missed that yeah this is so great like well, I never saw it when it came out I saw it uh, I saw it in college I think I saw it in high school I didn't see it when it came out I saw the, the I would have loved it me. in high school in terms of its <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Awesome. what happened yeah. I just finished reading Dracula when I would think I was like nine and I caught it for the first time on commercial television and. Normally, my parents would let me watch R-rated films if it was on like regular, like if it was on like one of the network TVs, because you know they cut out all the bad parts. This was the one that they were like, eh, "We're not sure if we're gonna let you watch this one," so I had to like kind of sneak watch it without them um, knowing about it. It terrified me, um, which and to give you an idea, this is not an overly scary film. It's not a scary, but film. because no. I was like eight or nine and I did not know what I was walking into, and also because I was just not used to seeing something look quite like that. Yeah, and there are also. There are sh- like it's not a terrifying film, but there are shots in it that are just like there's monster rape in it that's yeah. pretty fucked up. I guess we should dive right into that because in my <laughs> breakdown, I mentioned that the way like that he comes to London to basically fuck everything he mo- that moves, that's not an exaggeration. No, he he quite literally turns into a monster and has sex with a girl. It's it's pretty <laughs> fucked up. I mean, like, and you yeah. see it, and, and oh, you yeah, see, see and you see, see it in all its glory. This is not like. Um. But before we, I, I kind of want to go back and dial it back a second, just kind of go a little bit more character specific. And mm-hmm. like, I think we should start with where the movie starts with the Keanu Reeves. Oh, God. Here so we, we have go. to. I, I want to. I want to just <laughs> no, get it no, out of the way. We have to. I and want to. We should to. get it out of the way. Because he's a. Dracula. One of the, it is kind of like, whoa, dude. Because he's. It's <laughs> very did... close to his Bill and Ted days. So yeah. he's still not totally out of the Bill and Ted yet. Well, the deal is, is that he just. Um, the reason why he was cast in the picture was because he just did Point Break. And he I can was, see that, yeah. And in order to get funding for the picture, um, Francis Ford Coppola needed an it guy in it. And yeah. Keanu Reeves was the it guy at the time, so he decided to cast him. Now, we should all be grateful that he was able to tell the studio, no, we're not casting Keanu Reeves' Dracula. <laughs> right. Um, which would have been a really interesting film, I think. And then he very wisely took him out of half the picture while he had an orgy. <laughs> and then he disappears. So that way he could yeah. go have sex with yeah. Dracula's three wives. One of which was Monica Bellucci. Yes. Yep. I mean, like, yeah, I put it like... Current Bond girl. New Bond girl. And also oh, really? um, the, uh, the other cast member of the Matrix um, movie yeah. trilogy in the pictures and stuff. But yeah, and Keanu Reeves tries, and we have to give props to Keanu Reeves because oh, yeah. he does you know, try. Th- that's what it comes down to for me is like this is. I, I honestly think. I mean, we had Point Break right before this, but without this movie, I don't think we really have Keanu Reeves now. Like this that is was true. this I was agree. so important. His transition into like legitimate films. 
Because I don't think he's bad in it. He's the worst in the movie, but I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Because I usually... I'm usually very harsh on actors on this podcast. I mean, listen to all of our episodes. But I don't think he was bad in this movie. Oh, he was so out of his element. He was. And I think that's what it came down to. Yeah. I think it was just like, you need to be over the top theatrical. And he's like, whoa, dude. That <laughs> is not me. <laughs> and that was how he delivered his lines. Yeah. yeah, the problem is that I think if they actually let him act in the style that he's used to acting, I actually think he would have come off much better in the picture. Like, I yeah. actually think that if he just... Because he tries an English accent, and to say he fails is an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if Keanu Reeves were to come back now, I think he'd knock this role out of the park. Oh, yeah. I think he'd be fine now. I think this is just so young in his career that it's just like, I, I think, and when I look at this, I'm like, I can see how we get Keanu Reeves now. But like for the moments that he was in it, I think that he served his purpose well, and I think he did a good job with, especially with trying because he was really trying to stretch his limits and he was out of his element he was young for the movie everyone else in this movie had a bit of a theater background to it so they'd all done this sort of thing before yeah he definitely hadn't so i think compared to everyone on screen he did a surprisingly good job trying to keep up well i will say the one thing that he did fairly well in this actually very well in this picture was playing jonathan harker as this guy who's trying to be polite the entire time because the setup of this film is that he goes over to transylvania to um Get to because he's a real estate agent basically, yeah. and he's trying to get Dra- and he's getting Dracula to sign these papers so that way Dracula can move to um, England and everything. So right. he goes over there, and so and this is also his big break in his career. They kind of establish this in the first five minutes of the picture, mm-hmm. and I like the fact that the way he plays it is this guy who's trying to be as polite as humanly possible because he's like, "This is my big break." This guy, for all intents and purposes, is being kind of polite to me, and just sees this crazy shit every thirty yeah. seconds, and is just trying <laughs> yeah. hard. Not to scream, what the fuck is going yeah. on? <laughs> so but I can forgive him for being a little shell-shocked for the entirety of the movie. Yeah, I yeah, mean, like, right. he's the guy who, like, literally <laughs> had to deal well. with the insane shit, like, before anybody else did. And there was... He's the audience is in. Yeah, but I love the... Uh, there's... Uh, kind of, now that we're kind of in that area, I like the... Just talking a little bit about the Dracula castle. Like, the first oh, yeah, third God. of this movie. It's fucking amazing. Like, that's really... If you're watching this movie like Ryan did in parts, I could see you stopping at the end of that thing because after that, it, I mean, it, the movie does not fall apart. Yeah. But I think the really great shit is all in that first. It's kind of ironic minutes. that the worst, the worst act, well, not worst act, because he like he does his best and everything in yeah. it. But like the worst performance in it is in the best part of the oh, picture, yeah. which is the first thirty minutes of it. Yeah. Like every, like I love the. Um, the practical shadow play throughout the entire Oh, that was movie. so good. It's so fucking it's good. It's t- creepy. Yeah. yeah. And especially in a movie that, that's kind of like chock full of cheese and that sort of stuff, it's still creepy. Like, I love... And I like that it, they, they do a slow burn with it. Like, yep. it starts out subtle to where you'll see Dracula moving and his shadow is... Just at, like two frames yeah, out of just, place Just almost. a little yep. bit behind. And, like, it just takes a little second. And then, uh, I don't remember what part... When they're signing the papers, the shadow's just doing its own complete fucking thing. And then the shadow stays, and then Dracula's standing behind him. It was yeah. really good. Yeah, oh, where Dracula man. would, like, disappear one frame and then come in the next. Yeah. And you're like, how did... Or that scene where Jonathan Harker's shaving, and, like, all of a sudden Dracula's there, and he yeah. just, like, within two seconds is right in front of John. Like, moves. Oh, it's so good. I like that subtle, like... You know, you're getting hints of some supernatural, but it's not yeah. over the top right away. And they're, they're icky hints. It's the yeah. best way I can describe it, where it gives you this very uneasy mm-hmm. feeling, just in the nature of just it feeling, this isn't right, but this is kind of gross, this is kind of slimy. There's like a unease. that They really, really it, do a great job of building that up. Well, I mean, they, they do mm-hmm. a good job of making like the audience going, I would get the fuck out of here. Because they really like, need to know what you're Here's right. what's interesting, is, is, is that 
But it's captivating. He want to get it. He wants to get the fuck out, but he can't. He like this is one of those few situations where it's like unlike in a lot of horror films where like, you know the characters really do have a decision to leave. Yeah. He really does it. He is in the middle of fucking nowhere in oh, this yeah. giant castle, surrounded by wolves. Surrounded, yeah, yeah and like. <laughs> What I love about it is, like, after about a week or so, Dracula, like, pretty much just goes, fuck it, and decides to... It's almost like Dracula, before he goes to bed every morning, um, decide, like, has, like, a list of things he wants to do to Keanu Reeves just to see what his reaction is going to be <laughs> at certain points. Day 35, I moved a shadow weird. <laughs> he did not notice. Day like, 36, I climbed down the ceiling in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, the way they filmed that, it's so uh, creepy. Because he uh, just, the way Gary Oldman, and I guess this is a good transition. I guess we should start talking about yeah. the main man. Because the way he moves down that ceiling, it's, it is so lizard-like. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Gary Oldman is... I mean, feel free to disagree with me. I think he's still one of the best actors working today. Absolutely. Like, yeah, he's just, dispute that. He's so fucking good in everything he does. And this is one of my favorite roles of his. Because it's... I like... I bring it up all the time in the podcast. I well, like Which watching, one? Because he's four different characters in this I guess film, that's Which true. is amazing. It, it, he does all of them yeah. he he very wrangle, well. He can wrangle all those. And well, let's... Uh, let's uh, Ryan, do you mind breaking down which the four characters... Like, uh, what you think of the four characters are? I'd- so he's got uh, Dracula. Uh, Dracula. Dracula and Dracula. No, uh, at the beginning of the <laughs> well film, done. he is the. Uh, well I like this. He's actually like a knight and a hero at the beginning of the film, and yeah. he's got long hair and he's like very shiny boy, and uh, he falls from grace. And uh, the next time we see him, he is uh, kind of boob boob hair. <laughs> boob hair. Count Dracula. I love the fact that in he's his got castle. Boob hair in this. Oh my god. Uh, I don't know why I'm bringing up a really shitty movie, but do you guys remember Little Nicky? Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I thought. Of. Yep. <laughs> the tithead. Uh, yep. <laughs> and there's there's all this buildup of how slimy and uneasy you feel, but he's able to carry that through when, especially when oh, he looks yeah. most proper. Yeah. So when he's in his kind of proper England mode. Yeah. Like he, he, which he, is you mean the one like with Winona Ryder proper England? Yeah, yeah. Which is a completely different character as well. Yeah, right. completely different character. character but you, and I guess you, the fourth one would be like the Predator. Monster. No, I was gonna say the you third one is these... Frank Zappa. When the first time he gets young and he's got his cool shades on and he meets <laughs> yeah. her in the street with his top hat, like, he's a totally different character. He's all, like a all these he's aspects. Almost like his older, man. He's almost like his older self again. All these aspects yeah. build on each other and in a believable way to his credit, to Gary yeah. Oldman's credit, because you still get all those previous iterations yeah. in the most recent one. Like he's still slimy. He still moves oh, yeah. in a different. An, otherworldly way even at his most prim and proper or zappa like there's this he's not moving to proper human rules right and it's there's reasons like this movie that make me go man i miss francis ford coppola <laughs> man he is he fires on all so guys when i said he turns it up to 11 and then yeah. decides 11 isn't good enough i'm not <laughs> exaggerating yeah um all right well let's uh we've talked a little bit of gary Ullman. what else should we mention about this guy um, I guess, I mean, like, Ryan, I think, hit, really hit the nail on the head, which is that Gary Oldman is playing, like, kind of different characters yeah. in this. And I think what's kind of interesting about this film is that this is the first, well, not the first Dracula, because I guess some of the, I imagine some of the other ones have done this, but they really do a good job of making you understand where he comes from. Yeah. Like, kind of. It, it does a really good job of making him, like, um, this is a weird reference, but a Walter White-esque thing. Yes. Where it's like, he's definitely the bad guy. Yeah. We've seen him kill people. We saw him monster rape that girl. We also but... saw him take a baby and pretty much throw oh, yeah, it. Oh, that's right. Like... Oh, yeah. yeah. So we, we've seen him do all of these horrible things, but at the same time, we still understand that you can sympathize is the wrong word, but you kind of, you have a little part of you that still kind of wants him to win. Because at the end of the day, what he wants 
it's his wife back. I mean, at the end of the day, he is kind of the protagonist of the film. He is because he it's kind of Darth like, Vader rise and fall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of yeah. like. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, you, I mean, you re- you kind of do understand where Dracula is coming from. But what Francis Ford Coppola does nicely is he also balances it out with the fact that Dracula is a fucking monster in this picture, yeah. and he doesn't yeah. shy away from the fact because there are numerous other adaptions of Dracula where they kind of don't want to show Dracula as the monster, show him as like this romantic seductor. They kind of dance around it. They focus only on the romanticism and not on the grotesque. They like, show everything in this movie. Yeah, they show in this movie, yeah. they're like, no, we're going to do it. Like, and I, like, I gotta get, like, I give and they credit show, they, do. They this, give it yeah. out at all. This film is great at showing. It does a lot of showing, which is like mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do, right? Right. And they do a great job of showing it, even just backing up a little bit, his adaptation throughout the years, like his changes, really show that he's able to adapt and he's smart enough yep. to adapt to the modern age. Which you don't see in too many. Like, there's always yeah. kind of this adjustment. Like, what's this new world I'm in? Like, like all vampire stories have this. Like, what is this crazy new modern age? Oh man, I got I can't get used to the '80s. If it was and, uh, made today, it'd be like at uh, hashtag Dracula on Twitter <laughs> yeah. and, and he'd be well, like, what is this weird Twitter? It's actually, he's like it's a, tindering uh, his. <laughs> well, it's actually very funny. Mina, Mina, Mina. <laughs> it's actually very funny that you say that. Like he establishes that because in the book, um, the reason why he also keeps Jonathan Harker alive for so long and. You're right, actually. They do a really good job of showing this without actually saying why he did this and stuff. But in the book, the reason why Jonathan Harker is at the house is because day and night, he basically interrogates him about what English customs are like yeah. and everything. Oh, cool. And about, like, you know, oh, what new, like, things are there available, like, in England and stuff? Like, you know, should I shit, like, you know, what what do English men look like in England and everything? And basically kind of does that to him and stuff. Yeah. And, and what, he, you, what Jonathan Harker picks up after about a week or so, he goes, oh, shit, he's trying just to milk me for information. The moment I don't have enough information for him anymore, he's going to kill me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's why it's good that they kind of cast an it man of the time, a young it man of the time, because it's a modern thing that the Dracula is hooking into. So there's like yeah. these little layers that they do a really good job of piecing it together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Anthony Hopkins. Uh, once again, turns it up to 11 and then just says, fuck it. Yeah. And then drives it through the stratosphere. Yeah. I think this one doesn't give an, get enough attention from people. Everyone no, kind of focuses on his, on his Hannibal persona, but like yeah. move that aside for now and focus on this one. This one is the big one. I think he has as much fun playing this role as he does playing Hannibal. Oh, absolutely. He yeah. was having a blast on this yeah. set. You yeah. can tell. Like, he and ha- just the way he delivers some of the lines. He has easily the best line in the movie, I think, which I won't spoil right now in case it's somebody's quote. But it's like he just has some moments in this movie that are just like gut busting laughing, and it's just it's weird because Anthony Hopkins I never really see as like a comedic guy. Right. I know he can be funny. I've seen him be funny before. But, like, there's just some moments in this movie that just, like, holy shit, that was a really funny moment. Yeah. And uh, he played, for those of you who don't know, he plays uh, Van Helsing in this, uh, which is the guy they bring in when shit starts going crazy. Like, well, we know crazy guy. Well, we know a guy who knows crazy things and stuff. And then he shows up. And then literally, what's funny is that his, um, what is it? His, I guess you could call it, goddamn, his protege is the one who brings him in and stuff. Who's also a little bit on the crazy side because you find out. For no particular reason, it's pictured he's a morphine addict. Right, um, yeah. And then, you know, he's because he's trying, because basically what happens is, like, you know, he's like, oh shit, something's going down and stuff. Oh, let me get Van Helsing in because he knows about crazy diseases. Right. And then he shows up, and then it's kind of funny because when he shows up, the other two guys who are at this mansion with his protege kind of give him a look, just go, you said he was into crazy diseases. <laughs> you right. did not say he was actually insane. Because <laughs> that's how Anthony Hopkins plays it. He plays him like he's like batshit nuts. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that, but I think that's kind of that's really one of the charms of the movie is the yeah. crazier he is, the, the more, more sense he yeah. makes. Yeah, the more yeah. sense he makes, and the more entertained I am. It's one of the things if they had like try to if Francis Ford Coppola had been say a dumb director and try to rein in these performances like hey guys you might be going a little too far he would have just ruined the movie yeah by letting these two guys just fucking run with it it made like it brings this movie to like how you keep saying like to a whole nother level that yeah. just makes it like that much more fun to watch which also makes it this kind of weird grab bag of a movie which is why I understand when people say I don't like it I disagree with you. But I kind you're of get wrong, it. But, you're you're uh, definitely wrong, but I can see why that that disconnect is there because it is just kind of like the production designer just fucking run with it. Yep. Gary Oldman just run with it. Hopkins run with it, and so like Our when they meal. all just kind of go nuts it, and it all kind of comes together, it's a little disorienting. Well, I love that this is kind of the root of that character is like to the entire world he comes off as a crazy man he's the doomsayer he's like spouting all this nonsense until the crazy shit starts hitting the fan then he's the only one that makes any sense yeah and he's the only guy that like when they talk like like i said he's the only guy that actually starts believing i mean one of the great lines of the pit and i don't think it's the line that you were saying and stuff is that when he looks at him he goes jack it was when he looks at his protege and he goes there are certain things in the world that modern science will never explain or I think like I forget like the exact line and stuff, mm-hmm. but like yeah, he yeah, says yeah. something along those lines, which I think is such a great line because it it also because it also hits today and everything where it's just like he's like he's like in order for you to accept what's going on, you have to accept the fact that you don't know everything, which I think is what he's trying to establish to people. Yeah, and I I buy that coming from a lunatic. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. It, it speaks more to him that like he's seen everything. Yep. So he's a little baddie. But yeah, because of that, pun intended. He, yeah, <laughs> but because of that, he can explain that much more. So it's just it it all kind of feeds into each other in this really kind of awesome way. Now uh, I gotta I gotta bring this performance up because I just love that they did this. So Francis Ford Coppola, because he was so much about wanting to do this, like the film would have been done if it was made when the book came out, mm-hmm. also decided that another performance should be taken in a way. Where if it came at that time period, this is what he would sound like. And I am talking about Billy Campbell as Quincy in this. Who Mm, ah, has the most exaggerated Texas accent (laughs) you could ever possibly imagine. And according to the making of stuff, they told him, don't play this part like you're actually from Texas. Play this part like... An like a English British, per- yeah. like a British yeah, person, like a British person would person imagine play. somebody from Texas who has never met anybody from Texas. Yeah, and, and he nails it, <laughs> and he nails it because oh my god! Yeah. But well, it's actually kind of funny to kind of tie into that. How just in all this, the the craziness kind of permeates through everyone. Everyone, yeah, except for maybe Harker, Jonathan Harker, has this just this their element of crazy that's just out there. And the movie is very subtle about it in some cases, but mm-hmm. then you have these these weird these the bro squad as you call them, <laughs> like they're hilarious, but they're so out over the top as well as Van Helsing, and they're all playing against each other. Uh, uh, I believe the proper term for them is torch mob. Torch mob, yeah. Yeah. torch club, torch club, torch club. They are they become their very own. Tor- yes, folks, yeah. torch club does make an appearance in this. Torch club is very diverse. We now have a Texan. Uh, I feel like we're going to be talking a lot about torch club this month. Yeah. <laughs> Torch Club makes a, like, give it, there's only about four or five people at Torch Club around, but make well, those things. It's been a few they years. They are a Torch right. Club. Yeah. In this. They've added beheadings to their, like, their, yep. their lineup yeah. of things. Um, 
But Before we go, wait, no, no, I guess Torch Club is kind of a good place to, to bring this guy up. Because he probably should have been in Torch Club, but he had his, uh, his mind taken from him. I want to talk about Tom Waits a little oh, bit. Oh, man. Another person who took it up to 11 and yep. then decided, fuck it, I'm taking it further. Isn't that just what Tom Waits does, though? That is true. I, mean, I think it's yeah. kind of par for the course of everything so he does. So he's perfect fit for this film. Yeah, and yeah. I, I completely forgot he was in it. I've seen this movie a lot of times. Completely forgot it was Tom Waits. Well, did I didn't you? Know it was. Yeah, I was about to say out. like, yeah, because when Ryan was watching, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that's Tom Waits, and he's like, that's who. Yeah, <laughs> he does a good job. He does, and he doesn't act a lot. But when he does, right. he's good. He was really good in um, Wrist Cutters as well. He's one, one of the only good things in Doctor Parnassus. <laughs> yeah, there's a an element of playing crazy kind of gets done a lot and not done well. Yeah, and you need somebody with almost kind of a a, st- uh, a style of Tom Waits to be able to kind of pull that off. I mean, you're dealing with a lot of crazy people in this movie. Right, yeah. So you need someone to be the quintessential crazy person. And I, I think his style works for it. It's, well, oh, I'm sorry. No, like, like his, he just he lost it. And there's a, there's an edge of madness, and this is where too far is in this movie. Yeah, and I, I, I haven't read the book since I was in high school. Is Renfield in the book more than he's in the movie? No. he's, he's in the in, jail cell the whole He's in pretty much, like, Renfield's part in this in the movie is pretty much identical to what it is in the book. Okay. Now, given I haven't read the book in a it's long time. It's a very time. straight adaptation of what Renfield was in the book. So yeah, yeah I, like, I just I couldn't remember. Because I've been I've seen Dracula and Loving It so many times when I'm used to Renfield being in the whole movie. <laughs> right. That I oh, God, I love the scene in Dracula Dead and Loving It where, like, Renfield runs to the three brides. And, yeah. it's, he, and he has the reaction that I'm sure everybody thought would it actually, the reaction would be of, like, Keanu Reeves' character was in this, which is, fuck yeah, they're turning me into a vampire. <laughs> this rocks. But no, what I like about Tom Waits' performance, and it's very subtle, is, is that he is playing a guy who is trying to, I think, pull himself back from the brink of insanity. Yeah. And can't do it. Because I don't know if you notice it, but every single time he interacts with the characters, he's on the cusp of warning them mm-hmm. about what's coming or what's happening. And he wants and, and, to. Yeah. And he almost, and he's like, and it's very subtle and it's brilliant the way that he plays it, where he's like, he wants to. And then at the last second, the insanity takes hold or Dracula. And that's the other thing is that you don't know if it's actually insanity or if it's Dracula dancing him around like a puppet at right. certain yeah. points. Well, if I remember right in the book, they established that he's basically in Dracula's thrall kind of the whole time trying to get away from it. Very much a, a drug allegory, yeah. like uh, 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 just an addiction personality sort of thing. Because he's really happy when Dracula comes back and gives yeah. him that release. So there's like this weird relationship that's very interesting that is kind of the heart of what makes that crazy viable. Is yeah. that like you get that Dracula would do this? That really that that gray mark on Keanu Reeves' face after escaping all that, he was lucky. Yeah. Like Renfield lost it. I know where the bastard mm. sleeps. All <laughs> time great lines. <laughs> Uh, well, I think we're getting to a point now where we should probably just talk about the ladies of the film. Absolutely. Uh, we oh, should man. start with Lucy. Poor Lucy. Poor, <laughs> poor Lucy. Uh, and are talking about the oh, actress or the character? <laughs> you know what? Another, you yeah. want to know there's another reason why this movie would not be made the way it is now? And this is actually for good reason. is because this movie is kind of misogynistic at points. Oh, yeah. Kind of is putting it's, it very lightly. Yeah. All right, fuck it. We're going to go all the way. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely it's, right. It's, I was trying yeah. to be polite when I said yeah. that. Yeah, this movie, especially to the character of Lucy. Yeah. Um, now, the thing is, if they're following the book and how movies would have been made at the times, it kind of... It makes sense. Like, I'm not saying it's okay, but it kind of makes... If this is what they're trying to do, this is how it would have been done. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that makes it okay, but whatever. Well, uh, But also, but I, to its credit, it spends time dealing with the aftermath, which modern movies can't. We, we don't yeah. do that. We don't deal with yeah. emotional trauma very well right. in our movies. So then the fact that they, they deal with kind of the trauma of it, the emotional trauma, kind of, you know, is a 
helps. Yeah. <laughs> it helps kind of cushion that a little bit from something that's really, really terrible. Uh, now, I haven't seen this actress in much else. The girl who plays Lucy. Mm-hmm. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't mm. think I've seen her really in anything. She, um, what is, because I actually IMD beat her, and she seems like she, like, huge surprise in this picture. I think she's primarily a stage actress. Yeah, I can um, see that. I'd be like, let's let's get this out of the way. She's, very, she's quite good in her part in this picture, um, yeah, especially absolutely. when she finally turns. I think that scene where she's in, like, the monastery or the... Um, Oh, she comes down holding when the baby. When she comes down holding the baby, she is freaky uh, in yeah. that. Um, and she does a great job with that. She is kind of not counting like Anthony Hopkins or um, Gary Oldman. She's my favorite person in this movie. Hmm. Well, she's, uh, she does a great performance in it, but god damn. They, they write her as like the epitome of nymphomaniac at the beginning of yeah, this picture. But I think Not at the beginning, once she's bitten. I think that's kind of they're trying to... Well, no, because in the beginning home, right? of the movie, she keeps talking about how she can't find a man, and then you find out she can't find a man because she's fucking oh, everyone. Right. Because she's... <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I don't, yeah, here's the she's weird a floozy. Thing. Here's yeah. the weird thing is that I'm calling it out right now. I don't think she's actually fucking them. She's just no, playing yeah, them. Yeah, right. Yeah. She's yeah. playing them like a... Fi- they have this great scene in this picture, the party scene in it, and it's and it's not an important important scene to the picture, but it's, and only that it only introduces the characters they to the They show you some stuff. interesting details about her, yeah. But... She is playing them like a fiddle, and yeah. she is doing it brilliantly in oh, yeah. this scene. Yeah, and I, I just, I think that's why I like her and her character as much as I do because I think mm-hmm. this actress knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Like every single scene she's in, she's fantastic. She's a lot of fun, and you can tell she's having fun with it. And I love that her character is that one who's just like, ah, I can't figure anything out in my life because everything's just up in the air. And yeah. then you find out she's the one throwing it all up in the air and she's having a great time with it. <laughs> Let's see where it lands. Oh, but okay. She, but it feels like she's just kind of playing everyone. Even her best friend, it kind of feels like she she's pretending to be the good girl who just needs somebody. But you find out, no, she doesn't give a fuck about right. anything. Yeah, and, she's and, just, she, and just for you to know, this is something that Francis Ford Coppola or the writers added to this movie. This is not in the book. In right. the book, she's a, she's pretty much like Lucy in the book. Uh, no, not Lucy, Amina in the book. Right. Like, they're very much closer in the book, which... Also makes sense when she's finally seduced by Dracula in yep. um, wolf mode. Oof. Holy uh, shit! Yeah, she uh, she she she's a bad bad couple of days. <laughs> she well, also what I like you uh, say they're a rough couple. Of, okay, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> <leave now>. Bye. <laughs> what took me out of this scene more than anything is as I was like, wait, I didn't know Dracula could turn into a wolf too. Like I need, I need a good fifteen minute rundown from it, Anthony it, Hopkins in the beginning of this film about exactly what Dracula can do and what he can't do, and can he be out during the day? Does he sparkle? Yes, yes, he can actually. Okay, uh, like I guess it's, uh, like I'll well, talk about this. that's the thing is that there's a lot. Like if you're sparkle. only coming at this from the, the present day backward, it seems very weird because you're getting the the beginnings, the foundations, the distillations of everything that's been spread out. Right, from I know. Which is very weird. Like all the wolf it's form like, really threw me off the first time. I was like, "Wait a minute!" But in the book, he can turn into a wolf, yeah. and he does walk in sunlight in the book. The idea mm-hmm. behind it and stuff, and then they do this very like he does. It, he has a, a line in the movie that explains it. Yeah, well, what it is, it is that, he's, that he, he has to get his powers back. Which like because the next scene that you see him like after he um, uh, takes Lucy for lack of a better term, um, it's almost worse. Takes her to the able- cemetery on a hot date. <laughs> <laughs> He's able to, um, like, I guess because, like, the idea behind it is that he's now powerful enough where he can walk in sunlight again. <laughs> yeah. And everything. So he has his sus. God, there's just no easy way to talk about no, that. No, there really isn't. Like, it's he's, a very fucked up wait, scene. Wait, just do it the Dracula way. He sucks her blood. Yeah, well, he does go. suck her blood. He does. I mean, he does do that. But I will say, I do like the shot afterwards where Lucy's on, like, that uh, slab and everything. And uh, Mita finds her. He takes her away. And then... They do that that kind of sweep away shot because it's so creepy the way they do it. They mm-hmm. take her away, and then all of a sudden the camera just lifts up a little bit, and you see that Dracula is still in the yeah. garden and wolf form. Oh yeah, and he oh. is just like, 
feral. Yeah. It's inner. It's like it's crazy the way he looks in this. Well, and, and to back to, to the previous comment earlier in the episode, um, where we were saying it was like as a young kid, these images are very shocking. Yeah, and I oh, saw. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the source. That's the source of the scary. It's not like movie. ooh, I'm scared. It's more like these are startling images. This yeah, is especially this sharp, harsh imagery that yeah. is also beautiful, which is you, you can't process at young ages. And even now, you're just like, oh. Um, but all the way, so Lucy, all the way through her transition, when she's finally a vampire, I like her even more. Yeah. She's terrifying as yeah. a vampire, even though it's only one scene. She it's only one scene. Terrifying. You realize gets, that Dracula chose well. Yep, he did. Like, he just wasn't he, there to defend his creation, which is yeah. Drop the ball, Dracula. He didn't care. Just he was upset character. when she died. Yeah, he was. Yeah, sort of. All right. Well, let's move on to the uh, the lady of the picture. Who's usually not my favorite actress. I think I don't think she's bad by any means, but she's oh, usually she not. But killed it though. She's so good in this. Yeah. Which is funny because her oh, Winona Ryder's who we're talking her about. Her and yes, Gary they, Oldman hated each other on this. Really? Film. Really? You, you, could, yeah. you wouldn't be able to tell because that no. chemistry was smoldering. Yeah, yeah that, they hated each other on this picture. That's like that's very surprising to hear. Yeah, yeah. They that actually improves not like, the movie in my They mind. did not like each other under production and everything. It like, really makes me like her a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but just to, to her performance, it's so good. Like it is, and, and she's it's like, like what's otherwise a kind of thankless role. Yeah, it is. It well, really, it's poorly kind of the role. least theatrical. And you're right; it is poor. It is actually very poorly written, and it's also the least theatrical, except for that one scene at the end with uh, her and Anthony Hopkins. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. I mean, for the most most of the film, she's playing like the poor pursued girl. You know, right? Which is yeah, you're right. It's usually a very thankless role, but it's funny because like the. Well, a role that's not very challenging. You're like, oh, I just have to flail around and kind yeah. of whine a bit. Whereas, yeah. no, there's no she didn't you get a lot the tragedy. Like she, she, there's so much tragedy to her character. She wasn't given a lot, I don't think, but she still made it work mm-hmm. spectacularly. And it's one of those things where, like, I kind of wish that Winona Ryder could get more roles mm-hmm. like this one because I think when it comes like the big theatrical roles is where she shines. So like Beetlejuice and like uh, oh yeah Edward Scissorhands. This like these are like the roles that she was like born to play. Like this is even, where she's even her fantastic. brief role in uh, Black Swan. As just the yeah. the previously tortured ballerina, yep. just that yeah, uh, but yeah, it's just she does well with the directors who can pull out like those stage performances, yeah, and that's this movie through and through, yeah. Which is why, like, when I tell people like I'm not the biggest fan of Nona Ryder, it's like, well, it just depends on what movie she's in because right. when she's in this sort of thing, she's phenomenal. It's kind of a class, almost an older style of directing that she thrives under, which these yeah. movies do. Whereas the modern direction is more like just. Oh, natural, and it's like, well, no, yeah. There's like a modern more... style directors are mm, just feel it, yeah, faster, more intense, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and these older directors have a, a vision of, of yeah. a very theatrical background, which a lot of actors still really thrive under. We just don't mm-hmm. get that today. Well, it's because a lot of actors actually start in theater because mm-hmm. that's usually mm-hmm. where a lot of them can actually keep acting. Because when you're in high school, you can be in theater, being in films in high school is a little bit more tough to do, right? Uh, but that's why like a lot of these people come from that. You need to overact to sell it to the guy in the last row. Yep. And bringing that down to like a film performance while still kind of having that attitude is a very, very difficult thing to pull off, which is something that Gary Oldman, Anthony Hopkins, Carrie Elwes, all of them yep. pulled off in this Everybody movie in this film, basically. Really, really well. Which is still very surprising. Like I'm still kind of in shock at how well everyone did and it's, with what they had to do. In. And mm-hmm. it's by far the best ad- like adaptation of the character. Yeah, just hands down. Like, well, it's the truest adaptation of that book. Like, there, it's surprising how many of the adaptations this book has, and this is the only one that's v- like legitimately true to the book. 
Well, this I don't is, know. Dracula 3000? <laughs> but this Starring is a, Gerard Butler. Yeah. This, is, this is actually a good study. You you see how well they adapted it. The little things they changed, the but keeping the spirit there, actually they made it even truer. Like, yeah. they, did the, they did a great adaptation of the book. I want to talk a little bit about the ending of the movie. Because the movie ends in a very dark place like it doesn't oh. it doesn't wrap up pretty at all oh which it's I, great yeah which it's a very I, breaking oh, bad so ending yeah. <laughs> it is it yeah. is just like nasty yeah I it's, like movies that have the balls to just go it's not gonna end well and to just kind of lay those breadcrumbs throughout the whole movie it's like yeah it's not gonna end well it's not gonna end well it didn't end well yeah. like yeah. we told you and it's so tragic which Romanticism for me is like tragic. I love yeah. tragedy. And well, this it's interesting. Has it by, the, by the end of it, you, you're caring for Dracula by the end of it. And everything. You just want that and, sweet release. You give him his catharsis. And that's what's funny. Save this is, man. Is that like, it could, yeah, it's that it could almost be said that Dracula wants to die. Like, oh, he, he, absolutely. Yeah, he can't, absolutely. Yeah. He can't, like, even though, like, even though he's been fighting them tooth and nail, like, you know, to make sure he doesn't die, there's a part of him you start realizing that it's just. I'm done with this. I don't want to be doing this anymore. Well, it's like, just, they, they say that's part of the... To sound super dumb, but that's kind of the curse of the vampire, right. is immortality. Yeah. Who wants to be alive forever? Some people might. Oh, I see how it would make you a villain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, I don't want to do this anymore. And who better to take him out than the reincarnation of his yep. wife? And that's the redemption point. Like, yeah. It's like, now he can. Like, there's that re- re- realization that I've wanted to die. I can die. This is my... This is it. Yeah, it's not a redemption scene. he deserved. That's for sure. Yeah, that's no, not at all. That's but that way. plays into the thing. He gets, he gets yeah. like the great. He gets forgiveness. He gets redemption when he doesn't deserve it. Nope. Which is a very kind of beautiful yet like. Well, it can almost mess. be argued. Well, it can almost be argued by like you know God or the powers that be recognizing. Yeah, we 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 kind of set you on there because I mean remember they he turned this way because of what the church did to him and everything like. Yeah, but I mean. It, don't get me wrong. It so takes two to tango. Yeah. I mean, right. we did this to your wife, so I stabbed your cross. I mean, it's just kind of like who's going one up on each other, which I still think is, for my buck, one of the best practical effects ever. The bleeding cross in this movie was fucking it was, awesome. Oh, my God. The, the couple times. I love this movie because it came out of nowhere, but the couple times that the room filled with blood were amazing. Yeah. Well, it's, it, yeah, when the well, horror moments awesome. come in this, yep. they come. Yep. Yeah. They are full force. Uh, what else should we talk about this thing? Um, I guess I'd be like, I guess we should. You want to swing back a little bit more to like the directing style of it and like some of the visuals or the visuals like, more than the directing style. I think we've been hitting yeah. directing style throughout this entire thing. We yeah. keep bringing yeah. up the style of this thing, but the visuals we kind of started there. It's kind of a good place to bookend it. Um, the visual style of this movie, if you haven't caught just through all like the practical, all everything from it, it, it makes. It's weird, like, when you have, like, a movie, say, like, Big Hero 6 we did a few weeks ago, where the town is almost a character in the film. Right. It's weird that this movie... It's not like the town or the towns are a character in the film. It's almost like the look of the film is almost... It's not yeah. a character, but it brings so much to it that it could not... The film could not work made any other way. Yep. Yeah. But, and like, a CGI do... set wouldn't work. Like, it wouldn't work if it was just, like, a somewhat muted set, or if they went for actual locations instead of building their own locations. Right. And that, those locations, the design, all that sears into your brain in a, unlike, in a way unlike any other. You're just, like, you remember seeing, like, that, that, that forebo- foreboding castle, that, that pathway that the, the chase happens on, leading to the castle in the distance, the cloud, like, everything is so vivid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm excited to actually go to get this on Blu-ray one day and watch this just because of... Oh, and, and it's like everything from like uh, 
God, I don't remember who's looking out the train window when you see Dracula's eyes in the clouds. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's all just so... And they also did that on set. What they did was they filmed his eyes beforehand, and they literally projected it on the set, so that way they could get it, like... Yeah, that's the thing a lot of people don't realize, is that when I say, like, you know, he did a lot of practical effects, it's not like... He filmed it separately from the actors. He filmed. He tried to get as much as he can on the set itself in yep. the actual scene. And there's so many simple techniques that he uses in this that, like, once again, I think we've forgotten about in, like, our modern day. Like, for instance, the scene with um, Lucy when she's a vampire and they're confronting her in the mausoleum. Yeah. You know when, like, Anthony Hopkins is holding the cross to her and she's going into the coffin? Yeah. They filmed that backwards. And, mm-hmm. and the reason why is because when you play it forward, it looks so weird when she comes yeah. out of it and everything like, yeah and it's just little things like that just to just to add to the scenes is what enhances this film to just become one of the creepiest things at times oh yeah but it, it's it's funny how well they can I don't want to say how well they they pulled it off because it's not really it didn't really feel like a matter of pulling it off like this doesn't feel like a like a strange success story to me it just kind of felt like a man, a, a, a great director firing on all cylinders. Yeah, and just knowing like, what it, he wanted. Yeah, it felt like a very well executed plan. Like it's something like, like, oh, this guy made Godfather. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's it, it's just some like like one of the greatest directors who ever worked, using all of the tools in his bag, and like yep. he just and late in his career, and late in his career, it's one of the last things he did. Yeah. But more to like the the look of this thing, I think, I like I like movies that know how to use miniatures. Yeah. Oh, and this movie God. really knows how to do it. Oh my God, it does it so it's, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's I some, love the little puppets like, stabbing each other. Like, yeah, the uh, battle scenes. Oh God, yeah, they use awesome. those I mean, like, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. This movie must be, must have been on for like 24 seven for a year in Guillermo del Toro's house because yeah. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, his style could be like is oh, yeah. pretty much directly influenced from this picture. Oh yeah, definitely. He he definitely borrows. I'm not sure if he borrows directly from this one, but he borrows from this idea of filmmaking. Like this yes. is this a is 100 percent in his wheelhouse. Like, well, I guarantee yep. you, he owns it on Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we should even get into that. Uh, just how how much this has affected modern, like the, the well, influence. Yeah. We should look forward from this this Dracula movie and how much of it's just been because of this, like the. The feel. I mean, the, just look at Crimson Peak. Like, it's Crimson not Peak. out yet, but you Crimson look at that movie. Pe- yeah, what's funny you should yeah. say because I was like the entire time I was watching the film, I was like, man, Crimson Peak looks like a could be considered a sequel. To yeah, even the, even you, um, I don't know anything about it because I only watched the trailer one time. But like you look at this, like the style of that movie and the style of this one, it's like yeah, yeah, I could see where he's borrowing. Yeah, yeah, but just all the elements and stuff that we found, like oh, what this is Dracula, all like the wolf form, the, the outside in the sun, like all these ideas, all these great ideas, how they've just kind of kind of germinated. Yeah. In our modern, uh, our modern culture of filmmaking and media. Well, I think the ideas of how to portray Dracula were taken from this film. Sadly, I don't think the filmmaking methods, though, were no, taken from right, this picture. No. And I say sad, kind of, and I emphasize yeah. sadly on this, because like, I know I said this a couple of times, but this is a type of filmmaking that I think, honestly, we've lost. I don't know if we're ever going to get it back, which is a damn shame, because well, this movie was made for $40 million dollars. And it looks better than most $100 million pictures. Anything that comes out in the style has to be a love letter to this style. Even as, as this was when it was released. It was, you know, during the digital age. So it's yeah. not like they had to do it this way. They they chose to do it this way. And until we get another filmmaker who... I'm, you know, I'm, I'm reserving uh, my hopes for Abram Star Wars. Because I, I know here he's doing a lot of practical effects. And that sh- could be cool. But... Yeah. Uh, It'll take a it'll take a d- dedicated director trying to make a film. Well, because well, the long and the short of this is 
this takes a fuckload of work. Oh yeah, like yeah. this is and not money. Just, yeah, it takes work, money, time. Yeah, like, all I, things that people don't want to put into movies nowadays. Yeah. And, I, I would mean, say for not. Worse, I would not say money, work, and a lot of work and time though. Time being the key thing because you have to get it because it has to be exactly correct. Otherwise, it doesn't work on well, the camera. But now just getting people to do this. like Right. It it's, costs more to make movies now than it ever has before. And that's because like for good reasons. Because it's to get people employed and to keep their families going and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. I'm totally on board paying the people who make movies more money now than ever before. But because of that, to get all the people to paint and make these miniatures and do yeah. all that sort of stuff is going to cost way more than it did in 91 when they were making this thing. Yeah. Which is fine. But it means that it's what Ryan was saying. To get somebody to make a film like this again is going to cost way more money than $40 million. Way more money. Yeah. And it's going to take a lot of time. And a lot of times now when you go to, like, say, Paramount, Universal, or Warner Brothers and say, I have a great idea for this horror film. It's gonna, we're going to redo Dracula. Cool. Can we have it in eight months? Well, no. It's going to take me uh, uh, 22 months to make it. Oh, that's that doesn't fit Ooh, with our schedule. Ooh. How about 11? How about eleven? And it's Maybe like, all right, we're gonna throw a bunch of CGI at this. Yep. yep. And that's what happens. Like you look at like the the current like uh, I forget their names of the people who do it, but there's a, a special effects house in Hollywood who released this whole video about you know we get we used to be brought on to make films. Oh, it was given, Woodruff. It was Tom Woodruff. Uh, and it was yes. for the thing. It yeah. was for the thing remake. Yeah, and it was like yeah, we get brought on to do films, and it get like we used to get a year and a half of pre production to come up with the design of them, and then we go on set and we have all these practical effects, yeah. and now we're given three months. So you're mad at us for not making the better things that we used to make, but we're not given the time to do it anymore. Right. And that's par for the course for almost every major film that's coming out anymore, with the exception of people who want to take the time to do it, like Francis Ford Coppola did with this. Yeah. And like that's what like, and it's sad because these are the movies that make us go, "Fuck, that was great." Yeah, and I th- it's just it, it is. I mean, it's there's no other way to describe it. I mean, it's real sad, especially because I think if you give people the time to do it, also. Well, and this like. Dracula, I think, of all the monsters, requires the most time to plan, to think, because there are a lot of complicated themes. Yeah, subtleties. Yep. Dracula, subtleties, too. Subtleties, yeah. themes. There are so many that are just dropped into this movie and done massage show, so well that you just like you, all these, all the new stuff kind of misses the forest for the trees in a lot of it. Yeah. I think uh, Let the Right One In, the, yeah. the first one, like they had that intimacy down. The intimate relationship between the va- the, the, the vampire and their... The Renfield. The Renfield, the Renfield yeah. yeah. So that, that, that masters that kind of that weird, that intense, that sexual, that all those elements together masters that one element. And that's, you yeah. know, it, it's perfect for that. And the movies that do that, they're getting it. They get it. Yeah, because you, you can do these in the modern age, but you have to spend the time on the theme. You have to. Dracula's not an action-packed character. He can't be. No, it can. Right. It's, it can, no, it's, it's got to be romantic, fun. tragic, and thoughtful. Yeah, ponderous. and horrifying. Yeah, and horrifying. And you can have thrills, but it's not ever going to be an action film. Right, and the, the ones that are action-packed are kind of cheesy and kind of oh ha ha be movie fun. Yeah, but the the key in this character, what makes him timeless and just such a great convincing character is all those these little elements yeah that Which this is, movie this movie does this has this and it and the thing is because it has this and because Francis Ford Coppola took the time because all the actors chewed the scenery and they did all this they did everything to this caliber is why when people think of Dracula now they're going to keep thinking of this movie yeah and none of the other remakes that have come past it or really before except for really the original like it's going to be that one and this one. And that says something more about this movie than really anything else we made. Well, yeah. you remember the Bela Lugosi one for the costume. You remember the Gary Oldman one for the, the movie. film. Yeah. Yep. I think that's the best way to describe it is. You yeah. remember Bela Lugosi because... Because he's Bela Lugosi. He's Bela Lugosi. Yeah. You know, you got to give credit where credit's due. Every Halloween you see, the, you see yeah. his picture. Yeah. He's iconic yeah. for his role in history. Yeah. But when you think of the movie, 
modern people will think of this Dracula, this, yeah. ni- this 90s Dracula. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's just such a great movie. Uh, but with that, I think it'd be a good time to move into quotes. Cool. Oh, this is going to be good. Uh, right. I'll go first. All right. Uh, mine is by Carrie Elways. Is that how you say his name? I always say Elwes. Elwes. I could be wrong. Uh, He's the first be- Robin Hood with a British accent. Oh my god, I <laughs> I loved him in Robin Hood, Men in Tights. That was like one Tight of the first tights. movies in high school that I watched over and over again. Uh, and it this it took me right out of the film. He comes to visit Lucy, and he just walks in the room. He's like, "Good God!" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> he could not stop laughing. I also just want to point out to everyone, and I have no idea if they did this like fully aware in the picture. I love when they do the blood transfusion because I was watching with Ryan and his girlfriend. I turned around to him, I was like, "Can anybody tell me what's wrong with this scene?" And like his girlfriend is like, "Is is it sanitary?" I was like, "No, it's not that." So finally, they gave up. What is it? I go. Nobody knows each other's blood types. Right. In They're this just pouring blood scene. around the room. They yeah. could kill her without no knowing it. Yeah. Chewie said the same thing. As soon as the scene started, I hope they're the same blood type. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My quote is going to be, it's short and sweet, but it comes from what I think is not necessarily the strongest film scene in the movie, but probably my favorite. It's the uh, it's the scene in the, the movie theater when he's calming the wolf down. And I like it when he gets her to come over. And all he says to her is, he likes you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's such a weird little thing of just like, he also, he follows it up with a, another line that's probably a little bit better. But I like the he likes you line because it's such a, it is such a stacked line. And it really could just be this wolf likes you. But I really think it's more of like, he's speaking to her like, nah, come to me. And it, <laughs> yeah. it's working. Like, come to me through this vicious animal right here that I tamed. Yep. And it's such a great little scene there. So yeah, my sign, short and sweet, but. I'll I'll go next. Uh, it's the first one I found when looking for quotes. <laughs> uh, but there's so many. That I, I was looking through these, and all the Dracula ones are really good because they deal with like the ponderous nature yeah. of it all. But like the one that kind of sticks to me is, uh, "Do you believe in destiny? That even the powers of time can be altered for a single purpose? That the luckiest man who walks on on this earth is the one who finds true love?" Which that's kind of romantic, right? Yeah, Dracula. speaks right to the character. Yeah. And it's just like it is performed well and it's tragic it's sad that this monster is only a monster for lack of love yeah i'm a big old softy <laughs> so that's two two in a row all the monster wanted was love <laughs> but again to, to those themes Rose. um all right my line, sorry <laughs> yeah yeah no it, it's i could go i could go on forever about the tragedy and how great it is okay my line and i gotta set this up for a little bit so this is right after um they killed lucy and van helsing is having dinner with keanu reeves and winona Ryder, and winona Ryder just looks at like van helsing and she goes doctor what did, what did lucy die in pain and like Anthony Hopkins is just like enraptured with his food and he's just like <laughs> eating and everything and it's almost kind of like you know, and then she goes she's like doctor tell me and he goes yeah it was ex- like I can't do his accent because yeah it was extremely painful we put a steak through her heart and we chopped off her head and stuffed it with garlic and he just <laughs> and he says it so matter of factly yeah. to her and then he just goes back to eating his food and then they, and they, do, they do this great comedic like hysteric like macabre funny scene where they cut to after they kill her, and she, they see you see her head on the fucking yep. <laughs> pedestal, and they all have this look on their faces where they're just like, "We've been through some serious shit just now." <laughs> like just the look, just the look under, and they're passing around a flask, like, yeah. and they're all just like, "Fuck." Uh, so review system for today is just gonna be, uh, I think it's gonna be nice and easy. Vampire movies that do not have Dracula in them. Cool. 
So right. no Dracula whatsoever. So, so for everyone who's about to jump on Blade 3, remember, Dracula was in Blade 3. Oh, no! <laughs> Blade 2, however. <laughs> Blade 2 is on the table. Uh, no, all right, I'm going to go first, though. Although, okay. I, I don't know why, because I don't think anyone's going to pick mine. But that's fine. Uh, I'm going for the Korean vampire film, Thirst. Oh, nice. I still have not seen that. I need to. Uh, it is one of my favorite movies. It, no. It's it, it's pretty great. Ever made. It, ha- it has that romanticism. It yeah. has that tragedy. Just the the nature of humanity sort of thing. It's so good. It is my second favorite vampire movie, but it is one of my favorite films ever made. So I don't know how my, my lists work in my head, but somehow that's how it comes out of my mouth. Um, well, and talk about a movie that gets it, right? It gets, yeah. It gets the right things about the genre, the character, the that... that the vampire mythos. Yeah, mm-hmm. this movie it just yeah it understands that it understands the pain of being a vampire if you don't want to kill somebody, like so the, it just it really understands that like hey not all vampires would really be down with cutting someone's head off and just drinking from the gaping hole in their neck like mm-hmm. that's not what everybody wants and the main guy who becomes a vampire in this movie which I can never remember the actor's name but he's just if you ever watch a Korean film you've seen him. Um, he's in fucking everything, and he's great. He was an old boy, also, right? No, he was not an old oh, boy. Okay, um, but he was in. A, if anyone saw Snowpiercer, he wasn't. Ah, oh, another yeah. guy you're talking yeah. about. Um, and he's fucking amazing. He plays the vampire in this film, and much like Dracula, he really just wants to be released of this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really important to both of these films. Like he does not. He understands his his lot in life now, and he's if this is what it is, this is what he's going to do. And he likes to uh, to get his blood. He goes to patients who are getting blood transfers, and he just kind of takes the needle out and he just drinks the blood straight from the bag, and then puts it back in. So they don't get a full blood transfer, but he gets to wet his appetite a little bit, which I think is kind of a fun thing. And then it's not until later when another vampire shows up that things get really off the rails and just go fucking nuts. And it is such, it is an earned movie because it's a real slow burn. And then once it gets going, holy shit, does it, it get does going? It does not stop. Yeah, and it, it is just brutal as hell. But it is, it's a, it's a wonderful love story between these two people who should not be in love, and they are not in love, but they are in love. And it is everything in this movie just works so well, and it's all reliant on each other. Like the performance is reliant on the atmosphere, which is reliant on the script, mm-hmm. much like. Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is reliant on everything. If you've never seen Thirst, you are missing out. I'll go next, and I actually mentioned it, which is it just it. I really like the way they handled the relationship between the vampire and the Renfield type, which was let the right one in. Mm-hmm. Oh, such a classic film. And it's just it, the shot that just remains etched in my mind to this day is just the last shot, where she saves him or she pulls him out of the water, and they just look in each other's eyes. And that's it. You see the eyes, and you you see that she smiles, but we're just looking at the eyes. There's like a really nice moment, yeah. a really nice subdued moment after a very horrific scene that you don't get to see. You're just, I don't know. They're, they're just, it just encapsulates it so well, and well, I think the romanticism of it, just the tragedy, the intimate relationship that those two characters have. Uh, I'm gonna go with the TV show because I vampires really aren't my forte, and I haven't okay. seen a ton of vampire movies, so. Obviously, Bram Stoker's Dracula can be compared really easily to the TV show True Blood, because <laughs> they both have vampires and a lot of nudity. Yeah. And yeah. That's yeah. Far, and that's as, and that's as yeah, far yeah. as the comparisons go. And that's the end. I don't know. I would, I would say that there are times in that show where it gets it right. You know, it's very up and down. Yeah. Yeah. It's seasons and, one through three. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. There were and, more? 
Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> but and now for the weather. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love that. It's gonna rain. I am going to be picking a very obscure one, um, and if you, and I'm pretty sure I'm the only person on this podcast that has seen it. I might be the only person who has seen it based on anybody who's listening to this. And hipster stuff. alert! Um, <laughs> it it's, not, it's not it's not a hipster film, but it's awesome. Um, and the movie hipster is called film. and the movie is called Innocent Blood, and it's nope. directed by John Landis, who did an American Werewolf in London. And it's a horror comedy in that vein, but I actually think it's funnier than that. And what it's about is this vampire who accidentally infects um, a mob boss, and he winds up infecting his guys. And so she has to go around and start cleaning up like this mob infested, like this mob, like this vampire mob and everything. She doesn't want to deal with it. And she teams up with the police detective to do it. And the mob boss that she bites is played by Robert Loja. Okay. Um, and his consigliere, who he also bites and becomes a vampire, is played by Don Rickles. Don, that sounds amazing. And, oh, okay, wow. so it's a vampire. A vampire Don Rickles is in this picture. Let that like sink in your head. Yeah, I'll watch that. Okay. Yeah, yeah and yeah. it's yeah, and this movie. And let me be quite clear. This is not a serious horror movie. This movie is played like this movie has some funny ass scenes in it. Uh, so now we come to the voting for next week, which we'll start the ball rolling. But then, of course, as the listener, we need you to go on our Facebook page, search after the hype if you've never been to our Facebook page, and vote. And we will all repost it. So if you're friends with any of us on there, mm-hmm. your votes on our pages also count. Yep. So get out there and vote. So today, and yeah, so it can change in a heartbeat because yeah. we were going to originally do yeah the Frankenstein. So, but remember that Casello, so. all votes on Facebook from people not in this episode count for two. Uh-huh. All votes here only count for one. So. This could change and probably will change as long as you get online and vote. You can decide our fate. Yes, you can decide what movie we watch. So if you really want us to watch a very shitty movie, you have that power. So today we're voting on Wolfman. Now, uh, Chris mentioned earlier, and I like this rule. So Wolfman is going to be any werewolf movie where the werewolf walks on two legs. Where he is a wolf man, not a man who turned into a wolf. Fair enough. Yep. Does that make sense? And that fits. Yeah. Because then we have choices now. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it is really, it broadens the spectrum a little bit, but it also means that we can't do like Werewolf in London, which is too bad because American Werewolf in London is fucking great. Mm. But watch it. Fucking great. Um, I'll go first and I'll throw mine out there on the table. I was going to do the remake with Benicio del Toro, but no one's ever going to fucking vote for that. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to start out. With Michael J. Fox and Teen Wolf. Ooh, Teen Wolf. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Teen Wolf. I'm going to counter that with uh, Jack Nicholson's Wolf. Okay. Ugh. God, I love that movie, too. Uh, <laughs> it's so awful, but I love that movie. I actually haven't seen it. I would like a good reason to watch it. Oh, oh it's, it's so bad. It's, it is, yeah, it is a very boring picture. To it. I don't think it's boring it. at all. I love it. I just love Jack Nicholson, though. Yeah, James Spader is in it. Oh, ah. perfect. You mean Ultron? Yes. Oh, man. Oh, now uh, we have to vote for him. Yeah. He was in Ultron. Yeah. I'll take a... Before we recorded, Chris had a suggestion. I'll take uh, Dog Soldier. Dog, yes. Because I've, I've been meaning to see that one for a while, actually. And okay. now this gives me an excuse. There we go. And uh, since you took Dog Soldier, um, I'm going to pick The uh, Howling, which is the other werewolf movie that came out the same year as American Werewolf in London. Cool. And arguably, most people say it has a better transformation scene than American Werewolf in I London. Think, I, think, I disagree, because yeah, I love well, American Werewolf in London. But it, it, that's 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 a very orange apples and oranges it argument. Is, yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so now to vote here, remember you can't vote for your own thing. Uh, I'm definitely going for Jack Nicholson. So my vote is for Jack Nicholson's Howling. Uh, I'm going to go for Chris's. What was your choice again? Sorry. Teen, Teen Wolf. Wolf. Uh, ooh, difficult. i got to go with Dog Soldiers. Okay. 
But Teen Wolf is such a close second. Uh, everything but like Teen a, Wolf has a vote for one. Uh, I gotta do Teen Wolf, I think. So everything has we one. Have one. Everything has, I, we have a scale I think we just totally leave it to the internet. So yeah, so we everything right now is basically zeroed out. Yep. Please People have to no vote. <laughs> Otherwise, we have to do a battle on these four movies, which if you make me watch oh, four Brian movies... Oh, Brian hates it. Oh, I'm gonna be so annoyed. I have so much to do this week. You can also vote for a battle. <laughs> I didn't please hear that. Please, please don't vote for Benicio. Please, God, no. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's where we're at now. People have to vote. Which, granted, all it really needs is one person to vote, and we'll have a winner. But we'd like more. Come yeah. on. Yeah. You came out in space for the last one, yeah. and there's no reason why you can't now. Yeah, I believe in you. Uh, so with that, thank you to Chris for coming back. A pleasure to be come back. Uh, thank you to Almost Always Ryan. As Almost Always. Uh, and John, who will eventually here start having plugs the end of every episode i'm assuming right hopefully yeah hopefully it's sounding like that you're going to start having to plug shit at the end of every episode which yeah. is going to be exciting once i can figure good. out sag stuff yay, yay. <laughs> we're, we're getting there right yeah okay so bye and if i see van helsing i swear to the lord i will slay him Ha 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 ha! He'd take it from me, but I swear I won't let it be so. Ha 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 ha! Blood will run down his face when he is decapitated. Ha! His head on my mantle is how I will let this world know how much I love you. Ha 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 ha!